Thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast of the Fires of Revival podcast. I am your host, Colton Prater, and I pray today's episode will be a help and an encouragement to you. Please don't forget to rate, review, and share the podcast with others. And now for the episode. Now, how can us as listeners, most of us again being from the States, how can us across the ocean there, thousands of miles away, pray for the country better? Yeah, I mean, it's um, I've told you a little bit about the economics and the, the demographics a little bit. We have people from in our our community here. We're it's like, a, like a bedroom community to Amsterdam, which is our capital, uh, a city of about a, a greater Amsterdam area, maybe one point two million. But um, we have people from 170 nations of the world that are living here uh, that call the greater Amsterdam area home that call our our city of 200,000 um call this city home so um you know it used to be you'd have to go you know maybe to the far reaches of the world to reach a particular group of people but now we have the world coming here because of we're very uh the netherlands is is on the forefront of it and whatnot so we have a, most of the men in our church are, are it you know and so we have they're, they're recruiting people we have you know a young man from costa rica india uh, poland wow. we have people from the philippines i mean our, our church is very international but um but that gives us great opportunity we don't have to leave you know we can reach the world from our city and that's true of Amen. many of our cities in the world yeah. today you know so we really ask you pray about that i mean in regards to some of the hot button issues of our day, I mean, I would agree with anyone that we need to hold our politicians feet to the fire in regards to this rampant, um, you know, immigration and multiculturalism that's run amok. You know, we see that everywhere. But at the same time, as believers, I think we have to be very careful because um, I think what we see happening here, I can't speak for America because I'm not American. I have a lot of American friends, but um, here in Europe, well, I really see this as being God's judgment because Europe rejected the gospel and God is allowing these nations uh, of the world to, you know, uh, and the, and really this this globalism, you know, this great reset that they're trying to push on us now with Klaus Schwab and and the whole, um, you know, World Economic Forum and that you guys there have probably heard of as well. Uh, I mean, the, all of the governments of our world are all capitulating, especially Canadian government, Biden's uh, capitulating as well. And so we see the way this is going. I mean, we understand prophetically, you know, we don't see the USA in end times Bible prophecy. We see Europe rising up. What's that going to mean? You know, um, they're trying to destroy everything as it has been in our Judeo-Christian background. They're trying to they're trying to bring it all down in order to build something up better and that they call better. But of course, we know that it's it's the spirit of Antichrist. So we really need you to pray for us that we as Christians will not us as, as believers, we will not, um, you know, have a bad attitude. We know we need to have an attitude of gratitude mm-hmm. and all these things. I mean, even though we see a lot of these immigrants coming in and whatnot, and I'm the first to say, OK, we need to hold our politicians feet to the fire. I had a two hour meeting with our chief of police here when there were complaints about my handing out gospel tracts to Muslims and whatnot. And I said, you know, we have freedom of expression in this country because of the freedom of religion that we have that came at the price of, you know, Bible-believing Baptists before us. I said, I'm not going to stop preaching the gospel to Muslims now. You ought to be protecting me, not, you know, you ought to be going to the Muslims and saying, listen, this 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 Baptist pastor does not mean you any harm. What he says may seem offensive to you, but mm-hmm. but he's, he loves you and just wants to share the gospel with you. Instead, 
they told me, you know, these Muslims are going to come and break the windows of your church. We don't want you hand, handing out this hate literature to them anymore. And so this is kind of the, the sentiment mm. that's going around. But we as believers need to stand our ground, of course, politically, yeah. whether it be, you know, whether it be in our, our local politics or our national politics. But at the same time, um, you know, as I was speaking with him about this creeping Sharia law that we see here in Western Europe, and how uh, it's, you know, goes against our constitution. At the same time, we as believers, when I, I have Muslim friends here, you know, I have Turkish friends and others that are here. Once they're here, we need to love them and share the gospel. With them. I'm not going to say, I wish yeah. you'd go back to your own country, you know, right? Uh-huh. But, exactly. but so, so it's a, it's a fine line because as believers, um, I mean, we don't see in the new Testament where the apostle Paul was out protesting this, that, and the other thing, as much as we do need to have some involvement politically, our mission and our mandate is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we ask that you pray for us that we continue to remember um, as we're involved in these various different battles and what I'm trying to stand for truth. We're concerned about the future of our children and our grandchildren um, here Um, at the same time we have to remember that we are ambassadors in this great ministry of reconciliation. And, and, you know, yeah, I've been a missionary for 19 years, but I still need God to remember, continue to remind my heart, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that uh, these people of all these different backgrounds and there's conflicts because of uh, what they bring with them here to Western Europe that, you know, we have a great opportunity, you know, sometimes brother Prater, when I'm at Amsterdam central station, um, we go there and publicly preach the gospel because that's how I heard the gospel, you know, as Mm -hmm. a young man. And, and when we go there, um, sometimes when these guys come out of the station, because we're about a 20 minute ride from the airport. And so some people, if they have a, you know, a layover or whatever, they'll come into Amsterdam. And so whether it be guys from United Arab Emirates, um, you know, Saudi Arabia, um, any of these other uh, Muslim, full Muslim countries, they come in and the first piece of literature they get in their hand when they when they enter the city is a gospel <laughs> track. I mean, how wow. good is that? What a, what a yeah. blessing that is, you know, to have mm. that opportunity, right? And so yes. I'm, it's a great privilege, you know. I never after I got saved, I wanted to move to the mountains of British Columbia where my parents were living. I never wanted to go to the city again because the city had had so much negative influence on me. But you know, there's no place I'd rather be now because this is where the people are, and yeah. people need the Lord, right? Exactly. Yeah. And uh, those of you listening, I would encourage you, pray for this man, pray for the ministry there, pray for the things that he mentioned as he talked there about the gospel track ministry there, being able to go to the stations and the, uh, the capital and the other major cities and just giving out the good news of Jesus Christ, and that open door that's there. But as he shared talking with the stories, there is some opposition coming. So I would encourage you, pray for him, pray for other churches that are doing that. Pray that churches that aren't giving out the gospel begin to faithfully do that. The other requests that he mentioned, I just I would ask of you to pray for this man and pray for the churches and the believers in the Netherlands. So, Brother Comps, next question here, going off of that, um, let's assume there's a listener here. I'm, I feel like there probably is at least one or more, but let's assume that there's a young person listening today. They're either in high school or they're a Bible college student, a young adult, somewhere around that spectrum in life. And they assume they feel the Lord is calling them to missions and they're wanting to be better prepared for that. But they're not really sure. How can I be better prepared for that? What can I do on my part to help prepare me for the world missions or whatever it is that God has called me? So what is some practical advice that you would give to that person? 
Well, I would uh, encourage them to, to serve the Lord, uh, you know, where they are see, mm-hmm. and see how God would would um, would uh, um, direct them and guide them and, and equip them through the local church. You know, again, that 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 pattern that we see in Acts chapter 13, you know, Paul and Barnabas, they, they weren't the guys sitting in the back pew unemployed looking for something to do and say, hey, you know, can I go somewhere mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah. become a missionary? But they were busy. They were busy working in the local church, uh, recognized the call of God and the gifts of God on their life. And and they sent them out. And so I believe that that is a biblical pattern. I mean, the calling needs to be on the individual, uh, uh, you know, a calling on the individual. No, not like this idea that we see, you know, in these denominations and whatnot, where, okay, uh, you know, there's an ad in the paper, become a missionary. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then, you know, some denomination sets you, uh, send you out for three years yeah. somewhere, and then you go to another place. It has to be a calling of God on the individual. And, and, you know, I remember at, um, in my twenties, when, when, when I first found an independent Baptist church, mm-hmm. you know, struggling with that issue, how do I know God's call? And, you know, you're never going to you're never going to feel completely comfortable. But really, I really believe that in once in a sense, we're all called, of course, you know, because in Romans Amen. chapter one, there where the Apostle Paul speaks of his apostleship. Obviously, we don't have apostles today, but mm-hmm. he speaks of his own apostleship, his own calling. And then he says, among whom are ye also the called of Jesus Amen. Christ. Right. And so that applies to all of us. So in, in some ways, you know, unless. God has called us to stay home. We should say, Lord, I want to go where you want me to go. I want to be what you want me to be. I want to do what you want me to do. And so that's the heart God wants us to have. And he's not looking for our ability per se. He's looking for our availability, you know, and, and, you know, I was an introvert before I got saved and I was a guy who sit in a corner with a case of beer. I wouldn't talk to anybody. I I was really self-conscious. I never looked people in the eye. Uh, I would never speak in front of people or anything like that, you know. And so when I first got saved and I saw a friend of mine who I'd gone to high school with, he'd gotten saved around the same time I had. We were in different cities. Mm-hmm. And I went back to Vancouver area after being in Calgary. And I went back to the, to, to the community where I was, where I'd grown up. And some friends said, hey, have you heard about Nevin? He's He's got become one of those Jesus, you know, those Jesus people. He goes out and, you know, hands out these little booklets and, and preaches on the pier and white rock. And I thought, I didn't even, I, I didn't even have the guts to tell him I was a Christian that I come to faith in Christ. I just thought I've got to go see Nevin. I got to go find him. You know, we became best friends and, um, and I saw what God was doing in his life and I saw the boldness that he had, but you know, brother Pratter, I walked up and down that pier in white rock for weeks, every Friday night, greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. Mm. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And I was afraid. I mean, I was afraid of people. I was in a, and but, but I, as I, as I prayed and, and I thought about God's word, I realized that, you know, God could use me. And, and I was able to, I kind of, I, I always joke with people about, but it was real. You know, when I, when I handed out my first gospel track, my hand was outstretched one way, but my face was looking the other direction because <laughs> I didn't even want to look the person uh-huh. in the eye. So, you know, if God, could could do that for me you know uh he can do mm-hmm. it for anyone because he gives us that boldness and all those things that we you know that we think you know when we look at these characters in the word of god sometimes we think of them man these guys are spiritual superstars you know mm-hmm. um but they were regular people like you and i but god got a hold of their heart and and god did something in them that they were completely incapable of doing themselves I mean, you think of the apostle paul he's you know where he says there in romans one as well he says uh, you know, I, um, I am debtor 
both to the Greeks and the barbarians, both to the wise and the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. But what was in him? You know, think about that. Think mm -hmm. about, yeah. you know, when he, because of other places, he says, you know, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so we realize that the Apostle Paul, you know, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. So, you know, he had the same struggles that you and I have. So I would encourage yeah. that young person, that young person uh, to realize, listen, um, if you're saved, you're a servant of Christ. And it's not so much about, um, you know, what am I going to do with my life? But it's like, what, what God, what would you do? With, with, what, you know, not everybody's going to be called in the full time, but mm -hmm. we can all serve God where we are yeah. and, um, and, and be used of God. But we've got to step out of our comfort zone. And sometimes it's hardest at the water cooler at work or in the classroom or, you know, with your coworkers. I remember hearing of a guy at the, um, we were living in Ontario at the Oshawa assembly plant for GM. He had worked across the assembly line with a guy for like 20 some odd years or something. And one, the one guy had gone out on the weekend and uh, somebody had shared the gospel with him. He came to faith in Christ. He came back to work on Monday morning and he said to his buddy, he said, man, he said, I was on my way to hell and I heard the gospel on the weekend. I came to faith in Christ. I just, mm. I want to tell you what God did for me. And the, and the other guy says, well, praise the Lord. I'm so glad that you came to faith in Christ. I've been a Christian, you know, for, you know, so many a number of years. And the guy says, well, why didn't you ever tell me, you know, I could have died like five years ago. Yeah. And the, the guy had never shared the gospel with them, you know, so God will use us right where we're at. And it's when we're used where we're at that then he will lead us further. You know, it's not going to be like some lightning bolt coming out of the sky. We've got to serve God right where we are. And at 19 years of age, you know, I remember saying, God, you know, I was so depressed. I didn't have a girlfriend and I didn't want to go into the dating scene that I'd seen at churches, churches or whatnot. I, I was saying, uh, I was saying, God, I, I can't, I can't continue this way. I'm so lonely, you know, and, and I just stood on that verse, you know, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So I got busy in the church. We started like a drop-in center, played foosball with kids and, and uh, basketball and floor hockey and whatnot. And, and, uh, you know, sharing the gospel with kids, some of those kids I still know today got saved and they're, they're adults now. Amen. But the beautiful thing was that I met my wife there and, um, and she was, she was, um, when I was 23, she was 19 and we got married a year later. And so that was like 34 years ago. So God's good. <laughs> he'll, he'll, you know, God will, will, will meet the needs of our life and of our heart. You know, we seek him first. I really believe that. Yes, and I like that challenge there, especially one of the verses you mentioned in the beginning. You said, uh, and I believe it was a verse in First John. I'm saying this, and now I'm drawing a blank to what the verse was. But greater there it is, greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. And when we realize that that whatever God has called us to, we may not feel like we're equipped to it. But if we realize that greater is He that is in us than He that is in the world, that we have Jesus Christ inside of us, and He's greater than us, He's greater than the world, and He's the one guiding us and protecting us and pushing us then we have nothing to worry about and it reminded me of first thessalonians five twenty four, where the verse says faithful is he that calleth you and then he says who also will do it and god Amen. may have called you for some purpose or some different task that you feel the lord leading you in well he may have called you to it but he's also going to help you do it and that's the good thing is that we just trust and rely on the lord as you said there and he's going to be the one to get us to where he needs us to go 
remember yeah sometimes we could come to the end of our ourself our own resources and i'm sure you've seen that many times in your own mm -hmm. life and oh, and yes. um you know it's it's great to um you know it's great to live in an age where we have so much um you know available to us you know we have so many resources you know biblical resources um bible college education all these other things you know christian homes that we we had the privilege of growing up in but mm -hmm. but the fact of the matter is that god um you know without faith it's impossible to please him right the bible says that those yeah. who come to him must believe that he is and he's a reward of them to diligently seek him so i encourage young people to you've had the you know you're growing up in a maybe in a christian home and you've had the opportunity to go to bible college but you got to step out step out of your comfort zone and it's never going to be easy, but when you look back on it, all those all those steps, God's you know building you stronger and preparing you for what comes next. And that's a great blessing. Yeah, and then another point that you mentioned I really liked was where you said that you know Paul, uh, the Lord uses those who are busy serving Him, and you gave the example of John and Peter there. And young person, you may be listening today, wondering what the next step is, but God has called you right now to continue to do what you have been doing, and then He'll lead you on to the next thing. He doesn't use those that are sitting there doing nothing. But I like how you said that he uses those that are busy serving the Lord already. And then he changes with a desire, moves them where he wants to go. And then they get moved from there. Amen, brother. Yes, yeah. sir. And going off of that, our last question for you here, we ask this to every guest that comes on, but could you share with us what your life verse is and why? My life verse, uh, it, it probably changed a couple of times in the early years, mm -hmm. uh, as a believer, but, but, um, I don't want to prolong this, but I, there's a little bit of a story to what happened. Mm -hmm. Growing up in that yes, Reformed sir. church, you know, seeking God's will. You know, I went back um, when I was, uh, I guess I was about 19, and I took a bus about probably 25 miles or so to the to the little uh, Christian Reformed church that I grew up, grew up in. And, and I went to see the pastor there because I wanted some counsel. I said, I went to his office and I said to the pastor, I said, um, you know, I want to go where God wants me to go. I want to be what God wants me to be. I want to do what God wants me to do. That's just, that's my desire. And, you know, I was just young in the Lord and I didn't have any scripture committed to memory or anything else. And, and, um, the pastor, um, he said to me, he says, uh, this Christian reformed pastor, he said to me, he says, Stan, um, you know, you're, these are his exact words. He says, Stan, you're too on fire. You need to get more in tune with the world. And I'm thinking hmm. like, what? And then, you know, I, I kind of mm -hmm. thought maybe because he was a Dutch uh, immigrant pastor to Canada, I thought, well, maybe it's just, you know, uh, a problem with the English language or something. But, uh -huh. but it was like buckets of cold water being poured on my heart, you know, being poured on me. Cause I was just, I was just desiring to serve God. I mean, I didn't say I'm going to go out right now, but I was just, you know, kind of, kind mm -hmm. of just, yeah. you know, pouring my heart out to him saying, this is what I want to do. He didn't share a scripture verse with me. He didn't pray with me. And, um, and I felt very discouraged and I left his place. I walked to the bus and as I was walking to the bus, God reminded me of a verse that he had, that he had, um, you know, shown me that week prior. And, and that was Romans 12, one and two, and especially verse two, you know, because this, mm -hmm. this pastor had said, you know, you need to get more in tune with the world. You're too on fire. And the Bible says in Romans 12, too, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of yeah. your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. And so that's where I, I stood on that verse. And that became my life verse at that time, because I thought, you know, I, 
God may put different men into our lives and God may, you know, put us in, in good Bible colleges and good families and all the, all of that is great. But ultimately we need to um, have our mind um, transformed by God, transformed by his words so that we might know his will. No other man knows our, you know, God's will for our life. Mm-hmm. Our parents don't know God's will for our life, but yeah. God will guide us through his, through yeah. his precious word. Yeah. Yeah, not like just that. the good and acceptable, but the perfect will of God. So yeah, amen. amen. Yeah, and there's an interesting story there where you said he told you that you you were too on fire for the Lord and you need to be more like the world. And then that verse that you read there, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What a wonderful promise. What a wonderful passage of scripture there. Well, thank you, Brother Comps, for coming on. This episode has been a blessing here, hearing about uh, the country you're ministering in, the Netherlands. And it's been a blessing to me, and I believe it'll be a help to all those that have been listening. And lastly here, I ask if you could just close this episode out for us in a word of prayer. But right before you do that, could you share with us the name of the church that you're a pastor at and your email address or some way that those listening, if they wanted to get a hold of you, how they could contact you? And then we don't know sure. that, close in prayer. Sure. I want to apologize because I was probably pronouncing your last name wrong. Uh, how do you pronounce it? Prater. Prater, yeah. Uh, because yeah, I so saw you're it, I'm not saying Prater because in, uh, it's inter- because in Dutch, your last name Prater means talker or huh. speaker and so i just automatically was calling you uh prater but it's prater i'm sorry brother prater. <laughs> you're good and uh <laughs> but at the same time god's gifted you obviously you're you're running a podcast and you're probably speaking with a lot of people so your name suits you well and so that's a blessing <laughs> um then that when i think of you oh. uh, of course i'll be reminded of that but um yes. but yeah it's um we're our church the name of our church here is lighthouse baptist church and um we are a, primarily an english-speaking church a discipleship and people's homes mm-hmm. for those that are more comfortable in dutch we will we will um you know we have all our discipleship material and want to translate it into dutch mm-hmm. but to be honest people come from we have people from so many different places that english is is better for them and uh, in the netherlands here in the greater amsterdam area if you go into amsterdam let's say you go into like a store like a best buy or something like that mm-hmm everyone's speaking English. You hardly hear people speaking Dutch. It's really weird. Hmm. weird. (laughs) So it's a great, but that's a great opportunity Uh as well, of course, for, uh, uh, but the problem is here that we're a closed country to missionaries. So there have been other people that have tried to come in uh, to help with the ministry here. There's no mission boards that have missionaries in the Netherlands, other than those that have, um, have been born here, maybe to missionary families over the years. Um, there's some, there's several in the South. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as, um, independent Baptist, uh, missionaries there, we don't have any here, uh, other than a couple, uh, one native man and then another American that was able to come in, but it's very difficult. So we ask that you pray that God would open doors that yeah. more may, may be able to come and that God would also raise up Dutch people to reach their own people with the gospel that we see other, um, you know, Dutch speaking churches established in other parts of the Netherlands. Yes. Thank you. And could you give uh, some contact information if someone listening wanted to reach out to you, if they had some questions for you or just wanted to talk to you about the Netherlands more? Yeah, sure. That uh, You can email me at just at Dutch Baptist, Dutch Baptist at gmail.com. Okay. Thank you for that. And listeners, I'd encourage you if you have any questions, or you just want to thank him for the interview, shoot him an email there at where, where he said there and just thank him for that or ask him the question, whatever you want to talk to him about. 
I would encourage you to do so. And last but not least, if you could close us out in a word of prayer with the cops. Okay. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your wonderful blessings to us, Lord, in this we thank you for the peace and the freedom that we still have in a world that is quickly changing. But Lord, we thank you for the heritage that we have, those that have gone before us and and that brought us this liberty. Most importantly, of course, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, allowing us to have a freedom from sin, newness of life. And Father, we thank you for this privilege. Help us not to take it for granted. Lord, help us to realize that, that life is but a vapor. It's here for a moment and then passes away, Lord, and help us to be diligent, Lord, to be not get so caught up on the distractions of this life, Lord, but to realize that we have opportunity to influence the lives of others, no matter where we are in this world, no matter where, where we are, are situated in our life position right now, Lord, each one of us has an influence on somebody. And Lord, we pray that your love would be shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, Lord, that others might see Christ in us, Lord, and that you'd help us to give an answer to every man that asketh us, of the hope that is within us with meekness, Lord, and with fear. Just give us your grace and, and strength. And thank you for my brother and the ministry that he has there, Lord, and in his own work, but also in, in reaching out to people in his part of the country through these podcasts. Lord, we pray that your word would go forward, the souls would be saved, the lives would be changed. Young people would feel uh, would, would feel and understand uh, your call on their life, would, would recognize that. And Lord, that uh, they would follow your call and be used of you, Lord, to reach others. We thank you. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.